Radio for the Agile Community. www.agile.fm Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Agile FM. And I'm here today with Dave Vess, who is the product owner at Scrum.org. Uh, Dave is a keynote speaker, free, frequently um, a keynote speaker, has published articles, a book, Head First, Object-Oriented Analysis and Design. Uh, he has led in the past the Rational Unified Process, worked with Eva Jakobsen, um, worked for Forrester, Tasktop, and now recently he joined Scrum.org as the product owner. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Oh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, Dave, we have a lot to talk about uh, because Scrum is turning 21. And 21 means, in the United States at least, drinking age. <laughs> about time, I everybody said. Exactly. Somewhat time to uh, celebrate, right? And um, maybe we just take that as an analogy, like 21 years. I can't believe it. So almost 21 years at the time of recording. The recording was in June 2016. And... Um, so uh, 90% of Agile teams, that's what I heard at least, are saying that they're using Scrum. That makes it yeah. a very, very powerful and successful process out there. Yeah, so it's funny you should, yeah, so 21, it's funny, I'm sitting, to, I'm talking to you from uh, Burlington, Massachusetts, actually in the building where Jeff and Ken initiated the ideas that, that became Scrum. The actual anniversary is based on a presentation they delivered at Uppsala in Dallas, Mm -hmm. which was August um, 21 years ago, and which is, which is great. So Scrum, it has become the de facto sort of agile framework um, around. I think that 90% you know, of teams uh, that are doing agile are doing Scrum, you know, whether it's 90 or 70%, the majority. You know, it's the word Scrum Master, the words Product Owner, have become sort of synonymous in our industry, standard things for, uh, around it. There's uh, over a, um, a million people uh, that have been assessed in some shape or form around, around, uh, around Scrum, around the world. You know, sort of they say half a million people have been taught wow. <laughs> Scrum, which is pretty incredible. There's over 100 books with Scrum in the title. I got bored after we got to 100. Um, it got wow. very, very boring. And yeah, it's, just, it's just incredible, just the sheer volume of, uh, of content and ideas and people practicing Scrum. So you could argue it's been a bit of a success, eh? Yeah, absolutely, right? So 21 years also means uh, in the United States very often finishing college, you know, and figuring out what to do next. And I think that's what we want to talk about here, the future of Scrum. Yeah, I think, I think we really do. I think we, it's funny, uh, Ken and I, uh, obviously, you know, I work for Ken at Scrum.org, Ken Schwaber, one of the creators of Scrum. And he, I say to him, gosh, Ken, you must be amazed that, you know, and excited that it's used everywhere and everybody's using it. And he goes, yeah. I was like, come on, why, why are you so not particularly happy about it? He said, well, because I'm, yeah, obviously he's, he's happy that people have taken the ideas that him and Jeff brought to the, brought to the world and, and, brought, and, and made real. But he's disappointed. He's disappointed in a number of different things. One of them is uh, a reality of most Scrum implementations, certainly at scale. Mm. The reality is a term that I coined when I was at Forrester, water scrum fall. You know, we've got great scrum, you know, people are doing scrum, you know, the team is, the product owner's there, the scrum master is, you know, helping the team flow and dealing with impediments, the team's, you know, cross-functional, maybe even self-directing in some, some level, mm -hmm. it's, you know, working away, but it's in an environment where 
the planning happens annually or twice a year and the software piles up until somebody has to release it you know so you end up with this uh, water scrum fall implementation which is which is very very disappointing and um, and and it's interesting because that reality though you get a lot of benefits don't, don't you know from doing scrum at the at the team level that reality doesn't lend itself to business agility and doesn't lend you the ability for the business to exploit the power of em- empirical process, the, empower- the power of you know, self-managed teams, the power of, of agility. Mm-hmm. What you end up with is the power of agility very constrained. And that, that's disappointing. The, the, the other disappointment that, that, that Ken and I talk a lot about really is, is, is done. Now... Done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, done. The, the classic agile term, and, and obviously right. it's a key part of, uh, of, of Scrum. Um, done, uh, software developers have more definitions of done than Eskimos have of snow. Um, how many times, Joachim, how many times have you said to a developer, is that done? They say, yeah, it's done as they're sitting there, you know, in their Star Trek T-shirt. Sorry, yeah. I'm making a huge, uh, huge stereotype. As they, as they sit there, you know, uh, with their feet on the table drinking Diet Coke. So is that done? Yeah, yeah, it's done. You say, okay, we can put it in production. Oh, no. Right. Oh, it's not done, done. And you're like, really? Well, no, it's still going to go through stress tests. It's still going to go through system testing. It's, oh, by the way, there's a very important audit that has to go through. It has to be signed off by uh, our friends in regulatory compliance and stuff. Oh, so it's not done then. Mm. In fact, that manifests itself so badly in teams that they don't even have a definition of done. You know, it's become sort of like one of those, uh, the elephant in the room that nobody mentions, you know. Right. And their, their uh, uh, retrospectives, they don't highlight the fact that, that they're still not managing to release done software and have, have items on their improvement backlog, on their, on their backlog talking about improvement, mm-hmm. that, that are about changing that in some way, whether that's sorting out regulations or dealing yeah. with testing or whatever. These are not so much the self-directed teams then, right? They are basically the, the siloed teams, the teams that think in their own job description uh, necessarily. Yeah. And, and they are done, but as a whole, as a team, not done yet. And the, done, yeah, the done, software's not done. The increment's right. not done. The increment is not done, right? And, and that's disappointing, right? I mean, mm. you must see that every day, that, you know, the, the, you, that doesn't unleash the power of this software mm. uh, because you're waiting. Because it, and, and then, of course, the longer it waits to be delivered into production, the more likely those defects are going to be harder to fix, the more likely the feedback is going to be out of context, the less valuable the ultimate software is, and, you know, and the list goes on. Yeah. So done... Is is definitely something that's 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 a that's a challenge, and then the other thing, the last point that he kind of rails against that Ken and Ken rails against, and Scrum.org mm-hmm. is trying to fix, and we'll talk about how in a little while is inconsistency of agility and and the the fact that you get ten Scrum masters in the room, you say what's a backlog, and they argue for a day. Yeah. I mean that's kind of disappointing. It, on one level, it's disappointing. I I respect that there's lots of fantastic ideas out there, and and I appreciate that the sheer innovation that our industry is delivering, whether that be with you know the different ways of doing testing, different mm-hmm. ways of describing stories, different ways of I mean it's amazing. And I know you have personally have contributed a lot to our industry, and 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 people like you have definitely improved the profession. But but ultimately, the the base framework, the consistency 
in an, in an organization that's, you know, maybe late to the adoption or an organization that is quite large and complex. Mm-hmm. You don't need to add the complexity of, oh, well, this is in our backlog and not in a normal backlog, or this is our unique way. Right. So that level of consistency is something that's, that, that's very worrying. Right. The fact that the majority of Scrum people these million people these, that have been assessed don't actually know about the Scrum Guide or that they, they don't understand that it's a framework, not a method. Right. And that, then they add uh, activities and events to it and maybe even roles, which would be very worrying. Oh, yeah. They create a methodology out of it that's, that's unique and, and, and therefore confusing because right. the beauty of Scrum is its simplicity. The beauty of Scrum is the ability to very simply take this framework and help a team start delivering in a certain cadence, help them look at what they're doing, help them uh, inspect and adapt on a daily Mm -hmm. basis with a daily scrum or on a sprint basis as as part of the retrospective. You know, those simple ideas are often forgotten. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I would be uh, frustrated to some extent too, like living and breathing this for 21 years, right? And, And just seeing the progress we're making as an industry. But on the positive side, you have to, uh, we, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that a ton of companies, even, let's say, driving with the brakes on, right, not unleashing the entire power of the Scrum process and doing like those, you know, modifications to it, they're still having a tremendous amount of success. I mean, oh, definitely. we just want to push it now to the next level, right? Oh. I think that's the... And I think as a profession, we have a moral responsibility. I mean, I don't mean to get all religious and mm-hmm. sort of like get on my soapbox, <laughs> but, but software is the single most important commodity in the world. And I know people say it's data, but you can't do much with data without software, guys. Um, software, you know, is driving cars. Software is saving lives. Mm. Software, you know, I was speaking recently to somebody who, who uses oncology tests in oncology, so cancer tests. And when I was talking to them, I found out that it was the software that was actually helping diagnostics, improving the diagnostics and the treatment plans. It was software, you, you know, using some of that new BI stuff that, that, that we call artificial intelligence or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, the, it, it, it's software that can change the world. So if we can just get a little bit better at it, if we can improve, you know, yes, you're right, we are a lot better than we were when you and I first met many yeah. years ago. You know, the, the world has got better but it could still get so much better and we right. could unleash all this power and make, and make people's lives more fulfilling and more complete. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's talk about a little bit of maturity, right? 21 years old means also being a true adult and taking responsibilities, accountability, right? So let's, yeah. le- let's lean out there and basically say, what is the future? What are we going to do the next 21 years or whatever the next, maybe now we're talking about it's the 30th birthday or, um, or something, <laughs> something more. I, I hope that you and I are sitting, you know, obviously we'd talk a lot slower because we'd be a lot older, <laughs> but in 30 years or in, or in 10 years yeah. when we're sitting here talking about, talking about Scrum, hopefully Thanks. some of these ideas are, are now in the mainstream. So there's a couple of things that Scrum.org and the community has recently b- brought out. And one mm-hmm. of them is obviously this, this idea around Nexus. And uh, Nexus is an exoskeleton to Scrum that allows multiple Scrum teams to work together on a, on a consistent endeavor on the same backlog. Right. One of the reasons why we've seen Done fail is because of dependencies across teams. Now, mm-hmm. Ken has written consistently and Jeff have written consistently about this and they don't consider this to be a challenge. You know, Well, they consider it to be a challenge, but they consider the framework to have enough in it to fix it. It, it appears that that's not totally true. Yes, 
Nexus is just it's just Scrum, but it adds a little bit of rigor around mm-hmm. Scrum. It adds, for instance, a Nexus integration team. Basically, uh, think of it as a Scrum master who's totally focused on removing impediments around integration. Right. Um, it introduces Nexus sprint planning. It introduces the idea of of the um, the basically the the Nexus retrospective. You know, some ideas, some additions right. to to Scrum, some additions to the framework of Scrum that help multiple teams work together, and that, that and, and basically remove those dependencies. And Nexus is gaining some traction. It, it's and, you know people compare it with you know Safe and Less and Dad, and it, mm. and it really isn't. It really is at the focus. It focuses on a different problem. It focuses on is on how you get multiple teams, probably probably no more than nine, ten teams, because I think that's the maximum limit of any human endeavor. To be mm-hmm. honest, that isn't got a very clear boundary. Um, but how do you get nine teams working on the same backlog? Right, and I think and that, that, Dave, I think that's a very important statement you're making because I see a lot of organizations out there. Exploring these kind of scaling methods uh, for teams that are not working on one particular product. So we were talking about nine to ten teams, and teams, let's say, in the eight nine uh, person size. Let's say we're talking about eighty ninety uh, team members totally. That is a very large undertaking. It's huge, and and frankly, you know, yes, Scrum of Scrums, yes, you know, Ken and Jeff have written about this, but it's been hard to pull that out. And Nexus provides us with with the Nexus guide and with the you know the ideas and materials around Nexus that are that are slowly coming to the market. It provides us with a little bit of of clarity, and really, mm-hmm. that's all it's doing. It's adding clarity on top of Scrum to help you do it at scale. So. It, it, it really is now, does it help you plan your portfolio? No. Does it help you manage a release train? Well, one would argue that you, you don't need release trains if you're working in a proper agile way, but we'll, we'll ignore that for a second. Mm-hmm. No. Does it tell you what to do with your enterprise architects or, or any of your middle managers, actually? Mm-hmm. No. But there are many people talking about that. And maybe we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But, but, but ultimately, Nexus is very much a mechanism to help you. Scrum. So if you're doing Scrum today and you've got a lot of teams working on the same backlog and you're having some challenges, look at the Nexus guide. Look right. at the materials around that. It's free. It's available for everybody. It really is just Scrum, but it's an exoskeleton to Scrum to make that work. Right. So, it, Dave, maybe I can jump in here for one second because I just want to... Um, say something about Nexus here myself because uh, why I think this is such a powerful conversation we're having is many, many years ago, um, before Nexus and before any of these kind of scaling methods, I was involved in these larger efforts and you know everybody just tried at that point to figure out how to deal with a specific uh, customer situation. And uh, we came up and obviously this Scrum of Scrums was experimented with and all these kind of things, backlog, should it be divided, should it be combined and all these things. And we, over the years, uh, we came up with these processes and they worked and uh, we said, you know what, that seems to be a pattern. And then when Nexus was released, it matched exactly that. <laughs> exactly, right? So it's like, wow, it just has a name now. And, exactly. Uh, and it's, it's a proven, another proven framework, so to speak, right, that makes yeah. certain adjustments in terms of responsibilities. And what I really enjoy is that the answer to these kind of complex questions we're having is not a simple Scrum of Scrums. 
No, and it can't be. It's not enough. You need a little bit more. And it's funny that you say, oh, it's exactly what we're doing. Well, we we didn't, I mean, we did invent Nexus in inverted commas, but we gathered it. It was, it really came out of actual practical implementations of Scrum at scale across our professional Scrum trainer community, across people like you, talking in the industry. There's Jeff and Ken, you know, what things they'd seen work. And it, and it, and it is lightweight. It doesn't include loads and loads of stuff. We've avoided Mm -hmm. in the same way as scrum has avoided getting mired in the idea of a methodology and the complexity that we see with certain methodologies in the market at the moment the complexity that you have to put in place to effectively manage these variants around your methodology and 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 how complex i mean i was the product manager i know how to build a methodology Mm -hmm. and frankly and i also know how unsuccessful methodologies are because they have to become so complex to support the variety of our of people that are using them so nexus really isn't that and it's really focused on something slightly different mm-hmm. does, does that make sense absolutely i would like you maybe maybe you can just to the listeners who are not familiar with the nexus uh, um, approach here maybe you can just give them a the a key concept of this integration team what makes this integration team so special so the the idea of a nexus integration team is basically it's a responsibility uh, maybe it's not well named <laughs> but that was that's a ken thing so let's not complain about that but mm-hmm. it's a responsibility that's focused on ensuring that you deliver integrated done software consistently and continuously. So ultimately, it's focused on removing the impediments around, guess what, integration. Now, we all know that when you've got multiple teams working together, the biggest challenge that you see in most of those situations is integrating that software, the dependencies across that software. Mm -hmm. So this team is responsible for removing that. Now, who's in that team? This team is comprised of the people that can actually get rid of those impediments. Maybe some impediments are from operational systems and external people. So there'd be people outside of the Nexus that would come into this team. That's unusual in Scrum. We don't normally do that, but mm-hmm. it's necessary. Maybe it's people, the, a key developer or a series of key developers from a number of particular teams. Maybe it's you know a number of people from one team where there's a huge bottleneck. Ultimately, they are responsible for, for facilitating, for enabling, for removing those impediments because... You know, if you can get your software integrated frequently, then you will, you'll be in a much better position than if you can't. Don't leave it for a hardening sprint. Integrate continuously. And that means, just like Scrum, that means that the pain happens very early. And this team's responsibility is to remove that pain mm-hmm. and uh, and there's some techniques around it to, to make that happen and that's that's one of the aspects of of the nexus go go and look at the guide there's a few other things as well some mm-hmm. other you know ceremonies uh, refinement is a first class citizen yay we yeah. all say um um, maybe it should have been in Scrum, but it, but it isn't. Uh, so because refinement is crucial when you've got a massive amount of dependencies and and some other things as well. But right. th- that's Nexus. But um, have a look at it. It's it's really taking the power of Scrum and just taking the success you've had at the team level and just making it work for across right. teams. Right. I think this is the big this is the big story here, right? So we have these twenty one years of Scrum on a team level, but there is actually already another layer um, to support these kind of larger, larger programs and, and projects out there. 
Yeah. So let's cool. talk a little bit about, so Nexus is just one thing that we've been mm -hmm. working on, but that's not enough. And there's two ideas that I just want to make sure, because I know time's pressing and there's a lot going on in the Scrum community. You guys certainly push it and that's great. And as the product owner, I'm, I have a lot of stakeholders, but there's two ideas, one around done that, that we've been playing with. And this is an idea and it's not fully formed. But I just want to share it with your audience mm -hmm. because I think it's something that I'd love some feedback on and I'm, I'm trying to improve every day. So remember the days when you used to build software on um, using SDK? You take an SDK, maybe nowadays it would be Android or iPhone, etc. Mm -hmm. The SDK is a series of class libraries. It's maybe some best practices, maybe, maybe even a build script, maybe some training, maybe whatever is necessary. And it helps you build software. Mm -hmm. So that idea, we're kind of riffing off. So we're taking that idea and we've, we're converting it, corrupting it, as it were, to something called a Scrum Development Kit. Now, think about what most organizations, particularly when they're doing Scrum at scale, have the challenge. Done is a real challenge for lots of good reasons. Mm -hmm. And frankly, if we can embody the definition of done and realize it in a lightweight enough way, maybe focusing on practices and principles, maybe putting some tools and some life cycle and some environment, maybe it's just some very simple things at first, we can embody that and mm -hmm. have an artifact that encapsulates that. We can empower teams to really start doing done. Mm -hmm. And the, because, because in most large organizations, nobody is responsible for done. Is the team responsible? Yeah, kind of, up to a point. Is operations responsible? Well, only after the team. Oh, is the mm -hmm. business responsible? Well, they kind of receive it. They're the customer of it, but they don't not responsible for it. So having an encapsulated set of capabilities, as it were. Ken likes to call it a methodology, but I kind of avoid using those terms because <laughs> um, it's got so much history. Mm. But think about it in terms of the development environments, the done definition, the practices. You know, Maybe that includes ops practices, development practices, everything that you need so that so a team can quickly deliver working software that, that fulfills your definition of done. So that, that's just an idea. It's an idea that we're working on. We've been playing with it with a, a few clients. We've been trying to hold it back from becoming a really everything framework and just mm -hmm. really, okay, what are the essence? What, what are the essence of Scrum, DevOps, you know, some of the good craftsmanship practices, some of the XP practices? That's your sort of bare minimum. Right. Let's start adding some other things to it as necessary, but here's your minimum. Well, Dave, and you, you instantiate might, that. Well, Dave, you might get some uh, responses here from listeners uh, based on this kind of conversation. Are you prepared for that? I'm looking forward to it. In fact, because I'm trying to, I'm, I, there's a very, there's a line that we have to walk between, give, you know, trying to pro propose a methodology which obviously doesn't solve everybody's problems. Therefore, we have to make it very complex and hard to use and, you know, uh, and mm -hmm. then providing enough guidance to help people be effective. Now, I think we did a good job with Scrum. You know, some would still argue that Scrum's not quite, you know, you have to put XP in it to make it work, and you're probably right. But if we'd have said that, you'd go, well, TDD doesn't always work. I'm a mother BDD guy, so mm -hmm. da, da, da. So how do we, so the idea of this is it's somewhere that lives in between those two worlds, that, that has a level of variability, but provides us enough rigor and provides us with a, an artifact that you can focus on to actually deliver done software, which in most organizations is still anathema. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah, so I'd love it. You know, um, email me, dave.west at scrum.org. You know, tweet me, LinkedIn me, use, you know, send me a carrier pigeon, um, whatever you need. But I'd love to hear your, your feedback on that. Well, that, that's, uh, 
that's actually very good. And we're inviting everybody to uh, be part of this uh, kind of conversation. But Dave, what I wanted to ask you is actually, um, I introduced you as the product owner at uh, scrum.org. And I think everybody here uh, on these channels has heard at least of the terms uh, we're using. But what does a product owner at scrum.org actually do? Usually, <laughs> usually they're maximizing the value on behalf of the organization. So I'm, that's a very interesting question. I do ask myself that on a regular basis. But if I had to describe to my, to my, to my mom or my, or my wife what I do, basically my job is to maximize value around Scrum mm. in our industry. And, and that means that I have to build, um, I have to make sure Scrum stays viable and, and usable and and uh, dare I say, uh, evolves as it were to solve sure. the problems of our of our community. Right. It means that I have to encourage in, uh, a level of consistency in the way Scrum's being delivered around the world. It means I have to build a community that that spreads the word of Scrum into the into the industry. It means I have to build a platform, to both technology and intellectual platform, that allows Scrum to to develop to 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 grow mm -hmm. it, it means that i have to basically make sure that scrum is still around in 20 years right. even if it's a very different scrum i don't think it will be that different i think the ideas are, are pretty true but i have to keep it keep it re relevant keep it keep it valid and and i have to manage many stakeholders uh, right. uh, one of which is ken schwaber the, <laughs> the the creator of scrum one of the with with jeff i have to make sure that we have relationships and good relationships with, with jeff i have to make sure that you know that we're, we're always listening to the community it's uh, like any product ownership right. role it's a, it's a hard one and yeah. yes guess what i use scrum to manage the future well, of Scrum, and I have a backlog, and we we pro and it's and then we refine it continuously. And sometimes Ken comes in and forgets that I'm the product owner and tries to refine it himself, and oh. then we go back, you know, and say, "Hang on a minute." Scrum master needs to step in. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. Can you imagine a Scrum master having an argument with Ken Schwaber? <laughs> just, just, just imagine that for a moment. Can you imagine? You I know. Um, not but, even imagine. No. Yes. So, and we, and we do have a Scrum master, well. but um, you know, so th that's really what I do. And you know, how how do I measure success? I measure success by numbers of people that are doing professional Scrum. I measure success by numbers of talks that are in our industry. I measure success by numbers of tweets and numbers of, uh, you know, blog articles and some of those things. I, mm -hmm. I uh, you know, how do I measure value? You know, the, 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 three, the three metrics I use really are innovation, you know, what changes are happening, how are we improving it, you know, et cetera. For instance, in uh, the July, July the 6th, there's a, um, uh, a webcast mm -hmm. around the Scrum Guide. There's an, an update to the Scrum Guide coming. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to share what that is. Jeff and Ken are presenting it, but um, you know that's a new innovation. Nexus, another new innovation. Mm -hmm. uh, this uh, this idea of SDK uh, is an innovation that we're getting out there. Some of them will work. Some of them might not. That's that's, that's okay. Part of the game, yeah. Mm -hmm. We live and we learn and we improve, uh, you know, uh, in, in inspect and adapt and, and we're transparent. Um, that's, that's the nature of Scrum and imperialism, <laughs> empirical processes. I always call it imperialism. It's just my English. <laughs> but, that's good, um, yeah. I like and that. And so word. innovation, mm -hmm. value, so numbers of people that are doing this stuff. And then how frequently we're, we're um, sort of getting out there and, and getting access to the events that we're talking and, and the like. So... 
that's what I do as a product owner. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy job, man, but it's, no, it's a fun job. How important is uh, certification as part of this? Um, I, when you go on scrum.org, I mean, there's a, there's a big, so, big piece of that is certification. So certification, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about this. Ken's recently written a number of articles about it as to why he invented it. Ultimately, it's validating your learning and ensuring consistency, motivating people to focus on a class in a certain way, and also measuring, dare I say, measuring the, 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 the materials that are being delivered in classes to ensure they're consistent. Uh, Scrum.org has decoupled assessments from training. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we did that wasn't because... You know, we, we have this grand commercial plan because we, we're mission-based. We don't really have those. But what we did was we insisted that you, we can validate people that have been on training classes and, or validate your knowledge. You don't always have to go on a training class right. to, to, to do that. And so things like PSM1, PSPO1, and, and PSD1 really provide us with that foundation to ensure that people, one, know what the framework is, know the language of it, have that consistency. And just that foundation consistency makes a huge difference in a large organization, yeah. even a small organization. Yeah. You know. I think... Uh, Dave, I think the, the big plus here is actually for me, when I look at the separation between those two things, is that people in, in countries where training courses are not being offered, you know, um, third world countries, anything like this, have a chance to become um, some form of uh, certificate in the scrum world and improve their career. I think this is a massive plus. And we see that. We, you know, obviously some countries you can't, you know, third world in particular, Uh, training is too, still too expensive. And uh, so you can online get all the resources you need to pass the PSM1 and actually demonstrate your knowledge of the framework, for instance, That's to right. a level that allows you then to maybe get a job, maybe improve your job. Yeah. And that, that's crucial because, you know, that, that, that sort of, that flexibility mm -hmm. is, is, is fundamental. But, but we don't, I mean, the tests are hard. They're really hard. I know. And, I know about you know, them. <laughs> yeah, we obviously we support them with uh, open assessments, so you can do you know trial tests, etc., and the like. And and uh, and the community is very hot on discussing some of the ideas around them. But but ultimately, we want to make sure that you know what a backlog is. You know what a product owner does. You know what a scrum master does. You know you understand you know the tenets of it, empirical process. You you appreciate why you do a daily scrum and and the why you know you 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 do. Uh, you, you do a sprint review, which uh, even if you've delivered software production continuously, right. you still need to do a sprint review. It's not a gate to release software. You understand the difference around mm -hmm. that. And That's those sort cute. of things are so, so important. And, um, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's an important aspect of Scrum.org and an important part of our, how we deliver on our mission. Yeah. And just to go back to the pain points and the unsatisfactory part from, from Ken is, scaling the level of done and the inconsistency maybe that last conversation we just had about certification and vocabulary and a common understanding create some form of consistency we talked about done we talked about scaling we talked about birthdays <laughs> um i want to thank you dave oh it's been an absolute pleasure hopefully hopefully we don't leave it for 10 years to talk again with That's respect right. to the birthdays but um it's been a fantastic conversation and i appreciate it. and if you've got any anybody that's listening if you've got any questions or comments ping me direct dave.west at scrum.org i'm where you know i'm i'm the product owner of scrum that doesn't make my life easy but it certainly that's makes right. my mission focused well thank you so much dave we have a few moments and then we can have a drink <laughs> that we sounds have good. a drink thank you <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon. Thank you.